Hello and welcome to the podcast version of Kenya's biggest conversation that's broadcast live every weekday morning from 6 to 10 a.m. on Spice FM. Hit subscribe for more thought-provoking conversations with your hosts Eric Latif, Ndu Oko and C.T. Muga and who's who of an eclectic mix of guests from the world of politics, policy, business and culture. This is a Situation Room podcast. Enjoy. The next conversation we want to have is on public-private partnerships. So the president recently talked about PPPs, said, see this Galana Kulalu thing that has been start, stop, start, stop. It is going to be start and not stop. stop. <clears throat> Why? Because we are going into PPPs on this and it'll make it work. You see this water provision thing that we've been talking about, oh, water, we don't have water, it, 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 it takes mm. forever. It's going to be water <laughs> pouring out of your taps. Why? PPP and very many other things roads, infrastructure, very many things we're going to do on PPP. Now, the Director General of the Directorate of Public-Private Partnerships at the National Treasury and Economic Planning is Christopher Kirigua. He's our guest. Uh-huh. Chris Kirigua, good morning. Good morning. Welcome to the hot seat of Kenya's biggest conversation. Thank you. Good to have you here. Uh, with, uh, with the role of PPP and the requirements, and especially with the fiscal challenges of the country, I am sitting on the heat. Mm. <laughs> to whom much is given. <laughs> Much is expected. Much will also be expected. You've been in this role for what now? Two years? Two years. Two years. And this was your first foray into public service. Indeed. Uh How has that transition been? It's been an exciting one. A very exciting one. Now, we've been able to make quite a number of achievements uh, in the PPP arena. Uh, Kenya uh, in 2021, December, changed the PPP uh, uh, regulatory framework. We put in a new law. Uh, The new law in Kenya actually is, is a very different uh, it, it makes it much more friendly to investors to be able to uh, participate in the PPP area. Kenya is one of the few countries globally with timelines on the uh, on the uh, pr- uh, public sector on delivery of projects under PPP. Mm. Yeah, so that was a big transformation. We also uh, enhanced uh, the processes within government. We had about 13 approval processes. We uh, streamlined that to about three without compromising on governance uh, to be able to fast track uh, the implementation of PPPs. Uh, another element we were able to achieve on the law was also in terms of scaling up the local content in uh, public infrastructure will enable Kenyan companies to be able to be able to do projects in other markets mm-hmm. and other jurisdictions and also boost uh, production within the country. Chris, yeah. let's just do some definitions here. Just so we're all on the same page. When you say PPPs, what exactly do we mean? PPPs are are public infrastructure that are required to be delivered through the private sector. Now, why will the private sector come in and do uh, public infrastructure? The reason being is, uh, first number one, private companies are doing this to make money. Mm -hmm. It's not not charity or CSR. Mm. Yeah, They're doing this to make money. So, for us in uh, the public service is to ensure that the services which are being delivered are being delivered at an affordable price so p- uh, the, the users can be able to afford using that infrastructure and uh, also we tame the private sector to ensure that they do not maximize profits and make it very unaffordable for users to use uh, infrastructure. We've seen a big challenge for example in the power sector where our power bills are extremely high and that's because some of the contracts which are negotiated are not in favor mm. of uh, of uh, what do you call this? The well has got a lot of fat into it, mm. so it becomes much. It becomes very costly to the users. So there are two people who, uh, that actually uh, bear the cost: it's either the users or the or the or, or the government. Yep. So for us, our key role is to ensure that we deliver infrastructure at a, at affordable price, and also we del- we get quality from the public. Se- I mean, from the private sector. So the role of PPPs is to deliver sustainable infrastructure mm. uh, to the public, leveraging on the private on sector. the private sector. So who owns that? 
the infrastructure. So there are different PPP frameworks. So you've got a framework, for example, on a BOT where the private sector owns uh, the infrastructure for a concession period. In the law in Kenya, the maximum period that a private sector can own that concession is 30 years. Mm. But what we do look at is the returns on a project. So we ensure that uh, if the returns are extremely high, the concession will be much shorter. Our role is to ensure that the returns to the investor are actually very uh, they're making a, an acceptable rate of return mm. that is it, that are able to deliver the infrastructure and also reduce the cost to the users. Mm-hmm. How are you able? Because one of the things that you said, look, the private sector is in business to make is in this business to make money. The public, the government, is in this business to make life a little bit easier for Kenyans. So how do you get that spot? whereby these two things balance whereby folks can still make the money that they need to make who in most in a lot of cases it's private sector still made up of kenyans kenyan citizens Mm -hmm. but at the same time so we're saying here affordable housing and things like this is necessary for kenyans so how then are you able to get that divide that balance then where folks can make money and at the same time kenyans can get what they need it's an art i'll say this uh, first number one it goes down to the numbers so we actually, for every project that we get involved in, we go and look at the details provided by the investors and actually break it down completely into pieces. Uh, the key components that you look at is one, the EPC cost, which is uh, the cost to develop the project. That is a baseline. So if the EPC cost is completely out, let's say there's a lot of fat into it, it becomes unaffordable. So it's to ensure that the cost that's provided actually makes sense. So we do a lot of analysis to look at that. Uh, the second ele- element is also the financing cost. A big component on PPPs is actually uh, financing because uh, uh, most private sector players that participate in PPPs actually go out there to get loans. So we ensure that the loan rates that are provided, I mean, the investors get, and we also try and facilitate to ensure that they get the least amount of the least amount of financing cost. Mm-hmm. The third element is also on the tenure. The shorter tenure of a project, the more expensive your repayment is. It's, for example, like a mortgage. If you've got a mortgage for five years compared to a mortgage of 25 years, your repayment on a five-year mortgage will be very expensive. Mm. So we ensure that uh, also the tenure... installments. The installments, absolutely. Mm. Because the installments is what determines what the users actually do pay yeah. to use that infrastructure. So what we do is we ensure that the investor is able to leverage based on the re- partnership with government to access longer tenure financing. So that the users, for example, if you're looking at uh, let's say for example like a toll road the user is able to pay an affordable rate much cheaper because of the extended tenure of uh, of financing so there's a there's quite a bit of work that uh, we we have to do uh, to ensure that we deliver cost-effective infrastructure uh, to the people who does the negotiations the negotiations are done between the treasury and the contraction authority as per the law the ppp act of 2021 mm. so we support uh, the contraction authority to uh, to deliver uh, the most cost effective infrastructure we also leverage on expertise private sector expertise so we work also with private sector law firms and also uh, private sector banks to mm. ensure that the cost that's being put forward to uh, for government is actually well balanced mm. So how can Kenya use these PPPs to spur development? We're talking about so many, I mean, development, it goes across, it goes so far across that, you know, uh, if you threw a stone, it would land on an opportunity in terms of development in the country. So how can these actually spur development? How can you say the marriage between public and private would now see Kenya making strides then towards that development agenda? I'll, I'll start by saying that uh, first number one, it's leveraging on private sector's expertise to deliver projects. 
Yeah? The higher quality of infrastructure we deliver, we do not we end up having less rework. Mm. So for example, when you look at uh, the road infrastructure, I remember back a while back when we used to actually many years ago, I'll say maybe about 20 years ago, when our road infrastructure every year there was just constantly constant rework. Yeah. Yeah, to do roads. Mm. If you look at the amount of rework that is done over the per- a period of time, you'll end up finding that we're actually spending, we're paying for VITs, but we're getting a we're, I mean we're paying for Rolls Royce, but we're getting a VITs. Mm. Yeah. So it enables government actually leveraging on the private sector expertise to also one get better quality infrastructure but also boost the private sector to make prof- uh, profitability in a sustainable manner mm. and that also enhances uh, the government raise revenues it re- uh, helps the government raise revenues and also private sector actually to make more profits mm. so if this partnership there's, there's a huge element on PPPs where it's a trust relationship between the public and private and and this relationship it has to be balanced even a PPP where the private sector is uh, the weight is fully leaned towards the private sector the private sector will make uh, ridiculous profits mm. yeah mm. and the users will actually suffer and the other way around if the government sits mm. on the private sector, the private sector will make losses and that relationship would not work. And mm. remember PPPs is a maximum of a 30-year relationship. So if uh, there's a big requirement to ensure that both the risks are well balanced and also the trust element uh, between the two parties, between the private and public uh, sector, are well respected within the tenure of the, of the program. Mm. Take us through the decision-making on a PPP. So does it start with the private sector seeing opportunity and pitching to government or the procuring agent procuring agency and then that agency then decides yeah this sounds good we can actually go this way or is it government that calls for expression of interest on certain area say the kenya airports authority is thinking well we know no we need more airports in the country and uh, we want the private sector to come in and tell us how they can help us roll out airports and then who does the negotiation? What does your office do? Does your office have a veto on a certain direction that a contract negotiation is going? Who takes ultimate responsibility if a couple of years down the road, say the Auditor General comes and says the way this contract was actually designed and signed, it was meant to benefit the private sector player more and it appears to have been there were some underhand deals that were happening here. Is it Chris Kiregua that we're going to go after? So start with the beginning. Thank you. Uh, I'll start with the, the point of how do these proposals come? Uh, how, how, how do we start the PPP process? There are two ways. There are solicited and unsolicited proposals we do receive. The number one way process is where government has the priorities, the PPP priorities. So when you look, for example, at, uh, I'll say this, like the, uh, on the electricity sector or water sector, we've listed out the list of opportunities mm. that we need to target under PPP. Yeah. So what we'll do is we will uh, go out there and put this uh, this, uh, this information out. We'll do the feasibility studies and get uh, one, the commercial viability of a project and also the technical aspects of a project. The, be- uh, the best PPPs actually are done through a competitive process. So we go to market. Yeah, so we identify a project. Let's say we're doing a, a transmission line from here to, for example, Mombasa. Mm. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll do the feasibility study, look at the costings and how the investor will make their money, and how the infrastructure will be delivered through the technical analysis. So uh, that's one uh, one aspect where we go out there, we go to the market and uh, we advertise it and we get the best offer we get. Mm. That's what goes, uh, carries the weight. However, despite the offer we get, we also do a, a huge load amount of negotiations to ensure that the risks are well balanced. Yeah, the private sector will always try to push all the risks to government, and also government will try as, as hard as possible to throw all the risks to the private, private sector. sector. So there's a huge amount of negotiation that goes into ensure that there's a balanced approach in uh, risk distribution. 
The second uh, way that uh, projects are delivered is through uh, uh, a method we, we, you, you, can, you can procure through a uh, publicly, you know, privately initiated proposal. Mm. So this is where the private sector identifies a project that can be done via PPP, does their own feasibility, mm. uh, does their own analysis, and gives a proposal to government. Yeah? If that project is of priority to government, we will evaluate that and also award it, but we'll also go through the same rigorous process of um, of uh, negotiation. So you'll, will you subject it to other bidding? Uh, these, I mean, uh, this is my idea. I came to you with my idea, and then you give you that you think it's a good idea, and then you ask City Andu to bid for it. It's so, not fair. And no, we go on. <laughs> no, the, no the, the, there's something that we have to do. We have to also ensure that we get value for money. Okay. Yeah, that is a very important aspect. So, and the, the way we monitor value for money, there are global comparators on each project. Yeah, the, if you look at, for example, if we're looking at, as I, let me go back again to the transmission line, there's a global benchmark on transmission lines and they're global, uh, uh, what do you call this? The lenders also have a big responsibility to support us in being, in a, being able to analyze a project and say, are we getting, is this well-priced to deliver uh, for, the, uh, for the people of Kenya? So we look at the global comparators, but if those do not make sense, we take, uh, there's, a pro, we, we, there's a process we t- take called, it's a Swiss challenge. So during the Swiss challenge, we call in other bidders, yeah? Obviously, the person who gave us a PIP uh, with this innovative idea will subject them to competition. And they'll be able to, uh, they'll be able to give, uh, what do you call this, an enhanced proposal if other bidders, uh, are, uh, what do you call, give a better offer. No. However, if they don't give a better offer, uh, it goes to it go it, it goes to the best offer. I mean, to the best person to the table on the they, table. Recently, in the news, there has been discussion around looking at the act that uh, that brought into being parastatals, and there being a discussion about the need for privatization. It's something we looked at in the papers. In fact, the minister who heads the ministry that you belong to is quoted extensively on, on this particular subject. The question I wanted to ask is: if I look at the list of parastatals that uh, we were given and the percentage of government ownership in each of these. When they talk about privatization, is privatization a PPP or does it mean we're going to sell the whole caboodle? Meaning everything will be sold. So it's no longer, I can no longer say, you know, as a Kenyan, we have Kenya Meat Commission or as a Kenya, you know, we have Kenya Airways. Is there a difference between privatization and PPPs? Thank you. Thank you. Yes, there is a very big difference. Very big difference. So privatization is sale of government assets. And uh, sale of government assets is, for example, the government can decide to sell it fully or partially. Yeah. So that's privatization. PPP is project finance. Yeah. Is financing projects, different projects. Those are very two different uh, uh, routes. The skill set done for PPPs normally is almost like a private equity mm. skill set. Yeah, who goes in, the way the private equity goes in and buys in stake into a company and holds it for a certain period of time and maybe offloads it after 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 a period of uh, after a period of time. On a PPP, is a private sector comes in and picks up an infrastructure, develops it, and holds it for a certain period of time until they make their return. And then it transfers back to government. While they are making their returns, the government does benefit. So why is it then that some of these parastatals cannot go into a PPP? Is there something pro- uh, preventing them <laughs> from going into a PPP? Because they've been in existence, they seem to have been viable, otherwise they wouldn't have been set up in the first place. Are they infrastructure? Yes. I mean, in order to get things done, really. Mm. Let me put this way. Actually, it's a very interesting, it's a very interesting question and a good question. <laughs> PPPs have always been seen as, uh, they're, co- they're not as easy. 
So there are two options of funding projects. Mm. You can either get a budgetary allocation or you can get, you do it through a PPP. Now a PPP process is, okay, the way I call the budgetary allocation process is almost like using a credit card. You walk into a store and walk out with something. Yeah? Yeah. That's budgetary allocation. In a PPP, it's almost like, it's like getting a, a mortgage. The finances go through a rigorous process to ensure that will they be able to get back their money. Mm. Yeah? So there's a lot more work required to, to be able to get a PPP project to close compared to a normal budgetary allocation. And the preference in the past, obviously, any country actually, you look at a country with a lot of resources, they would prefer to do what? Do budgetary allocation because it's much faster. They make their own decisions and they do not need to leverage on the private sector. And you do not need to do as many as much analysis as you would mm. in a PPP. So always the preferred route would be to go through budgetary allocation. But where we sit right now, we've got a big constraint got a big constraint on the fiscal space we've got a big constraint also on the borrowing side so with the current challenges the only route we can uh, the only route available to spur development is leveraging on ppps you see i'm uh, born with a dog on this one yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do i call it yeah. you know what i meant mm. the dog the, the bone and the dog are somewhere the somewhere yes. yeah but mm. yeah so you see the part of the problem with parastatals is that they're government owned and the argument has always been that Really doing business isn't the government's job, really. They're supposed to provide an enabling environment, etc., etc., etc. Now, the thing about privatization or the thing about the, the private sector is that they bring in, among other things, efficiency, serious levels of accountability, the sort of accountability that, again, anecdotally speaking, government isn't famous for. So you have this situation where it would be a marriage made in paradise because <laughs> you, you you have the owners of the entity and the people who own the capital, that's the government. And then you bring in this no-nonsense group of people who look into details that the government may not have time to and the profit element that the private sector is particularly good at. So, again... So you're looking at the word private in both instances? Yes, I am. Because the this is privatization so of, looking, a public I'm, I'm private. of a public entity. Yes. Privatization I've, of a public entity yes. versus public-private partnership. Yes, and I'm saying that <laughs> this private enterprise... You see, for there to be a sale, it means there are people who have an interest in this business and believe they can make money out of it. They're businessmen, okay? Mm -hmm. And I'm asking the question, why can't the government go into business with them? Why can't the government make money from these things also? That is a question I'm really asking. Does the privatization law only restricts to new projects or can it also go into the government has actually embarked on a project and at some point to continue operating this project bringing the private sector they continue investing for a certain period of time and then they'll sell it back because okay. that would be like the case you we have a public entity a sugar factory it's already been established it has an outgrowers it has everything it's a going concern well maybe not but the private sector can then come in. So can that be considered a public-private partnership? The answer is no. Those, mm. those are two different things. Very two diff <laughs> very different things. But I completely agree with you, Bonamuga. This is this is what happens. Like, for example, we're, we're talking about privatization. It is actually about selling of the asset, bringing the private sector. The private sector brings in the efficiencies and they're able to drive profitability within those public. Now they, now they become, um, they become parasitic. So it's 100% owned by government. Government sells some stake. It becomes a parastatal that now becomes profitability yeah i mean profitable the element about ppps is about developing infrastructure it can be new it can be old mm. yeah so the old so the new infrastructure we normally call it a greenfield project so we come in for example we need to do 
uh, a new port, for example, and uh, we bring in the private sector uh, to develop it. That's a greenfield project. However, we can do something else on PPPs, which is a brownfield project. And the brownfield project is whereby government has already spent money to develop some infrastructure. And we've got, a, we've got one transaction, for example, actually a, a dump tr uh, transaction, water dump uh, transaction that we're looking at, that uh, the, the government spent approximately close to uh, um, 20 billion mm -hmm. to develop it. And uh, we're looking to bring in a private sector to take it on. The government gets back some of that money and the private sector operates the uh, the infrastructure. The dumb thing. The, <laughs> the, 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 the private sector operates the, the dumb mm. for approximately for, for, for a concession uh, period. Mm. Now, what, what does that do for the country? Government gets immediately raises revenue. Yeah. Yeah. It gets it gets it back, gets let's back say, its 20 B, the maybe 20 15 B or 10. And could be with a profit also. Okay. Yeah. So it gets back some money, is able to do more dams mm. or do other social, social infrastructure. Social, yeah. social infrastructure. And that's why we've been lacking, because what's been happening is we've been doing a lot government has been doing a lot of development of infrastructure, which could have actually been done by the private sector. But also not focusing not focused as much on uh, for example, education, mm. hospitals, where leveraging on those funds, those those are not very commercially driven opportunities. Yeah, so government, that's where we should be putting the money. And since this, uh, obviously, uh, the change of administration happened recently, I'm sure you see every every weekend, His Excellency is talking about PPPs. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And uh, PPP, this is a story which have actually started 20 years ago. Because if we had PPP, PPPs running, driving all this infrastructure, government would, would have actually had a significant amount of fiscal space to do so more money could have come now to help us in uh, doing hospitals and schools and such absolutely now we are spending a lot of money building roads and yet we should be anyway let's take a break it's 37 minutes to eight christopher kirigua is the director general of the public private partnerships directorate at the national treasury and economic planning he's here to tell us how the country can benefit from ppps to spur economic growth this is the situation room the only way to start your day. So Chris, former president goes to France, signs a bilateral agreement with the government of France. And then among those things is also a project that is to expand the road between Rironi and Maus Summit, several hundred kilometers, and make that into a toll road in our PPP framework. New administration comes and the first thing we're hearing from Kipchumba Mulkomen is that thing, forget it. Forget what's happening and why would that be like that? like that uh, i'll say the the challenges of uh, na, uh the, the road nakuruma summit let me in fact start the challenges it's a it's a much needed infrastructure you constantly see like even during the christmas holidays when people were going back home the, the roads were super congested so the infrastructure is much needed the challenge with uh, nakuruma summit uh the the ppp concession uh was the question of affordability uh there were two aspects question of affordability and question of alternative roads so the current uh uh, concession did not have envision an alternative road so meaning anyone using that infrastructure will have to will have to pay the tolls mm. yeah so it becomes very prohibitive uh, uh, to Kenyans the second aspect was on the affordability uh, aspect uh, the, the the estimated cost to use a toll one way I mean the road one way on a small car was costing close to a thousand shillings from where to where just to use a toll road the 175 from kilometers running, yeah to, to the Monsanto. end yeah so it's one way one way yeah and uh, when you look at 171 kilometers 75 175 kilometers, yeah, kilometers. a thousand bob a thousand bob. well we are paying 374 227 kilometers uh, the, the 200 27 27 kilometers yeah. yes mm. and we are paying 300 and close to 400 bob yeah but there's an alternative 
Okay. There is an alternative because on the, on the expressway you can go down. You can use so without, an, without an alternative, it becomes prohibitively very, expensive. Very, very prohibitively and expensive. Yeah. Mm. So it, what we had to do with the partner, it's not about. It's about looking for uh, solutions to re, to drive the cost down. And uh, the biggest aspect that drove that cost extremely high was the EPC cost. And uh, is to uh, is to look at also the the spec, the configuration of the road. Was it too highly specced? So that's some piece of work that. Uh, could, you, could, could you just pause for? A second sure and explain normal spec medium-sized spec and over and gogos and over spec so that you just understand Bonamuga, allow me not to get into that detail because i'm a i'm a financer so in terms of so okay not the engineer over spec then it means a road needs certain specifications indeed now at what point do you go into overdrive with the specifications that's what i'm asking okay that's a good question so yes. what happens is, is during the feasibility study mm. yeah sometimes when you're doing the feasibility study and also when you're putting the specifications required for the road sometimes you put in all the bells and whistles so you can put in instead of putting street lights you can have chandeliers on the road yeah <laughs> so uh, and it takes it completely off uh, <laughs> the cost <laughs> so it was it's to look at the aspects of how the specifications were put together mm. yeah and is there room for us to look at ways to either scale it down so that we can make it much more much more affordable but also the bigger aspect was to look at the EPC cost if this project was looked at uh, if we're able to get into negotiation especially on the EPC cost which is a cost of the, the construction two years ago I believe would have found some save the challenge is with where the world is right now uh, commodity prices have gone extremely high uh, lending costs have also gone extremely high I remember li LIBOR the rate of uh, lending in uh, borrowing in uh, the US for the dollar uh, the LIBOR rate was about 0.2% it's now close to 5% so that cost goes directly to the project and the users will need to pay for that so the the challenge is that uh, uh, the CS of um, responsible for roads that he has highlighted are real challenges mm. because you look at would people be willing to spend a thousand shillings to go one way to the uh, uh, to go back home those are part of the challenges if they're not at. willing they have nowhere else to go that's so, a challenge how was this then signed if you talk about all those things so was there feasibility study conducted was um, the proper costing and you said viability commercial viability was commercial viability uh, conducted was a social impact uh, study conducted how did we arrive into signing a ppp that we look back and you're like glaring issues are emerging and where were you so where was i was at that time i was actually seated down there at standard chartered bank uh, I was leading sustainable <laughs> finance for Africa and Middle East and, and, leave, and, and living the and private living sector life. <laughs> <laughs> I was like you. <laughs> so, no, when I joined, it was one of the big things that we actually looked at. Mm. Yeah, so we had to go get into the, into, the, into the depth of the project. And uh, it is... We worked very well with the uh, concession partners. They're actually very good partners. If you look at uh, the, the consortium, uh, the French consortium, they're one of the best companies that you can actually get into on a PPP. Mm -hmm. what, what makes them that good? They are known globally for many projects. They do airports, they've done roads all over the... Actually, they also they do, they do roads across the world, even in other countries in Europe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, So they've, they've got a very good, strong track record. And, uh, in, and in the third world, they also have a good track record. I'll, I'll, say, I'll say Kenya was actually their pilot. Kenya was a pilot on PPPs, mm -hmm. and uh, this project is, was actually is actually such so strategic because it was going to actually unlock 
many PPP opportunities, not just in Kenya, into many other countries. So, so which means they should give us a discount. <laughs> I, I, I think I think Wanamuga, we're going to leverage on your expertise. <laughs> we'll, we'll, bring you, we'll bring you to the negotiation room. <laughs> so you come into office, Chris, and this is among the things that you start looking at and start saying, okay, can we reopen this? Can we have conversations and, and renegotiations? How did that go? It went it went very well I think at the beginning because the risk was going it was actually aligned to it was 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 tw- uh, tilted to government so in case there's a shortfall the government will have to pay the difference yeah mm-hmm. so that liability uh, that was going to go to government is what actually created a big challenge yeah and uh, there's a wider team within the treasury so we've got my colleague who's in, in the, who's in debt mm-hmm. if this uh, the, this contingent liability materializes it needs to be booked under Debt. Debt. Mm. Yeah, we need to we, we need to borrow to to uh, bridge the gap. To bridge a gap. Mm. So when we looked at it within Treasury, we 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 we, we saw the gaps and uh, we had to have the, the tough conversations with the concession partners. Mm. They are currently working, uh, hopefully, to come up with a solution. And uh, when I spoke to them uh, uh, last week, they said the, 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 there's some solutions they're looking at to try help Kenya government bridge that gap. If that happens, it's a very good pro- uh, transaction. Yeah, but also uh, the, the the element we're not touching on is the alternative. An alternative has to be given, and there are also solutions that they're discussing to hopefully provide an alternative for the road. So, in such cases, the procuring agency is the Kenya National Highways Authority. Indeed. So they are the ones who, I mean, they know roads. They know the need for roads. They understand everything that's required. Okay, this is not a question to you. It's a question to UCT. Yes, please. Do you think? <laughs> The people who actually sat and negotiated these things should be called aside and asked, "How do you get into such a contract?" They should actually. How do you uh, how how do you actually say you are in charge of roads in the country? You're getting into another contract where there's no alternative being provided. You're looking at uh, the kind of cost. You're looking at the kind of risk that you're exposing the government to. All those kind of questions. This is not to you, Chris. This is to City. You know, you know the whistles and the chandeliers mm. that the Director General mentioned huh, come come to mind. If you actually have a peak preview of what was supposed to be on this Super Express Highway, mm. okay, what was supposed to have been there, the things they should have done, not which I was privy to, but what we were told mm. and what wasn't done. And yet it was costed. And when certain things weren't done, the next thing we heard was that some more budgetary allocation had been given so that these things can be finished. Yeah. You see, it is these things that raise the question. Long after we have the Super Express Highway mm. working, you still don't have walkways. You still don't have bus stops. There are places where you don't have streetlights. And they existed before. Yeah. So I'm simply saying that it's that thinking. This, for me, exemplifies the thinking around the question you've just asked. Somebody comes up with what they know they need to, because these are engineers, they know exactly what needs to be done. They do know. But I get biblical on this note. Mm. To him who knows what is right and does not do it, to him or right is sin. So why is it that they who are trained are charged with this responsibility? Why then don't they do this thing that they know? Because here we have an alternative. Clear. Rickety and the, and the portals, no problem, but it's there. Okay. Chris? Can, can I come in? Yes. Yeah. I'll say this first uh, in terms of, let me start with the PPPs. PPPs also globally have good track records and also very bad track records. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And part of the, the challenge is that expertise did not exist. Yeah. Which, or, which expertise? Delivering PPPs in this country. On structuring the PPP. Absolutely. Okay. So that didn't exist. So we, we it's 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 whereby, and that's why actually I I came in uh, to the public uh, to the public service, 
is that expertise can be built, but was not there. Yeah. So when they got into those contracts, it's not they, they did not know at they did not know at uh, what do you call they did not look at the contract end to end. They did not understand the fin- uh, the financial implications at that time. And right now we're very aligned, mm. extremely aligned with Kenha, because even Kenha knows very well that the cost the, the costings are, are a challenge. Yeah. Mm. But uh, there's an aspect you've touched on, which is project management, which we've been actually extremely poor at. Mm. Yeah. Because when we deliver this infrastructure, we need to project manage it and look at if, if this is what was agreed, are we getting that? So one thing we've developed, we've developed a monitoring evaluation uh, team and the monitoring evaluation team actually monitors what was stated, what was negotiated. Is that what has been delivered? And that needs to be delivered. Remember, it's a 30-year concession, for example. Yeah. For a 30-year concession, the guys who are going to be there 15 years from today <laughs> are not the ones who negotiated. Yeah. Yeah? So you need to put in proper documentation yeah? and also a procedure and also with a... T- with a calendar that everyone knows after let's say after year two this is what they're supposed to do after after year seven there's a major maintenance required for example and also in in terms of the social impact Mm. uh, what you touched on during a feasibility a very good feasibility study touches just not on the social impact also the environmental impact as uh, infrastructure brings to the table. It is our role in public service to monitor what was agreed will be delivered. So a, a big aspect is this. You, when you look at, uh, for example, uh, tax waivers, investors come in and say, we're going to hire 300,000 uh, people. Good story, yeah? Yeah, very oh. good story. Mm-hmm. Provide 300,000 jobs. Now, do we do KPIs to monitor was that actually achieved? Mm. And if they're not achieved, are you paying us now the taxes because you did not achieve your targets? Mm. Are we getting a discount? On, are, we, are we sharing yeah. the upside and the downside? Are we? Yeah. Sorry? Are we? I was asking a question. <laughs> <laughs> now we take that ball and we so throw is that, it back is that what you're saying now that should be is that what should be in the, the project thing? management and MA? That that is exactly what we've put in. But how okay. can we excuse Kenha for an absence <laughs> or a lack of expertise? They don't need to have the expertise. If they found you, you how long have you been in this country? In Kenya? Yes. Forty six years. Precisely. So it means you are here all along. Mm. If they didn't have the expertise to negotiate these PPPs, they could have gone to Stanchat Middle East, found Chris. <laughs> right. That's the point I'm trying to make because uh-huh. it's like this story of project financing vis-a-vis the money we've borrowed and as people argue, we've leveraged the port. It's not the port that has been leveraged. You, you need to understand how that aspect of financing actually works. works. Now, if someone doesn't know it, it doesn't mean that they, excuse, they don't have to know it somebody else might know it why don't they just do the needful and go and find out who knows this thing better than they do and i think that's what government did Mm. and that's why i joined government so i think it's 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 a starting point and when you look at for example even on transactions in uh, in the past transactions uh uh, even uh, the legal legal requirement, I mean the legal support, mm. a few transactions did not actually leverage on external counsel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right now on PPPs, any transaction we work on, we bring in local, uh, external counsel too, uh, over and above the AG's office, obviously who support us. Yeah, but we work jointly. What happens is when you bring in, for example, ex- external counsel, they're able to give you benchmarks of how these transactions were structured in other markets. Yeah, so even though you're doing, for example, like uh, an ICT project. Mm that's going to be fast. Kenya is going to be the first country to implement it in Africa. The same project has been done, done elsewhere. Mm. You need to bring someone on the table who's been able to see it delivered in other markets. Sure. Because these things that we speak of today, we speak of PPPs and we talk about the local authorities then that have been given the responsibility to entrench them. 
Kenha, etc., etc. Isn't it? Absolutely. The project management issue seems to be the one that is, you know, sticking out like a sore thumb because then we have certain mechanics then, unfortunately, that have not been finished. And so the question is, why does that happen perennially here? We are not, or Kenya is not the only nation on the globe to operate through the PPP model. There are countries that have PPPs flying all over the place for roads, for building. I mean, it's everywhere and everything is told. You use a road, you pay for it. But it's finished to perfection. It's completed to perfection. It has been managed and it continues to be managed for the length of the project. Why, in your opinion? And it could be a softer issue, not a less important one, but in terms of subject, it could be softer. Is it a people problem as opposed to a project problem? And if it is, then how can we start to chip away at that block and say, this thing can actually be fixed? If we are truly saying that PPPs could be the answer to development in Kenya, it's beyond the brick and mortar. It goes beyond that. It goes towards, how about somebody not seeing that this is an opportunity for me to benefit? How about somebody seeing that I'm actually contributing towards making sure, you know, proverbially that Kenya is a better place? How do we deal with those soft issues? Let me say this first. I don't think it's it's a people issue. Yeah, it's not a people issue. Everyone who I met uh, at the directorate, at the treasury, likely maybe less than three people are new people. Mm -hmm. It's still the same team. But they're able to do this. They're able to structure these projects and look at the governance aspect. A big element is uh, that I saw when I joined the public service. It was almost like a roadblock. Uh, someone will tell you what cannot be done as opposed to what needs to be done to <laughs> unlock. To unlock the blocks. The, 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 the challenges. Blocks. Yeah. And can, you, you asked actually the first questions uh, Eric asked me. How has it been? And I've said it's actually been great because you're able to do, th if you're able to get things done in, in, uh, in, the, in the public sector, you're able to achieve, you, there's much more gratitude. Sure. Yeah. Now, it's not a people issue. The people are good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think the, the key aspect that needs to be there is a governance aspect and also good leadership. Yeah. Who's a leader? A person. We're all, responsi we're all responsible for that. It's actually my, so if PPP fails, I'll take full accountability to it. Mm -hmm. So when you look at just this month, uh, just January, Generally, we've already well, we've cleared uh, a few projects, and hopefully by the end of February, we'll have another five projects. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, cleared. Yeah, we've done um, a huge amount of work to structure water PPPs. On the water side, the water sector PPPs, uh, we've put together a water purchase agreement, a draft water purchase agreement, that investors will be able to come in into the country, look at it, and be able to see what kind of contract they'll be getting into. Mm -hmm. And this is whereby we've balanced the risks between the private sector and uh, the, the public sector, private and public, in a very balanced approach. Sure. And also we've leveraged on global expertise in doing this. Uh, the second aspect is, uh, like when you look at the water sector, someone might say it's very easy to do water sector PPPs. It's actually not. However, there are so many solutions mm -hmm. to unlock the challenges in the sector. Mm. Yeah. When you look at, for example, Nairobi, we've got non-revenue water of approximately 40, 46%, call it 50%. Yep. So every liter that's pro uh, that, 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 that's uh, uh, for every liter that you produce, you lose fifty percent of water. Now, can that be fixed? The answer is absolutely yes. Mm -hmm. There are PPPs that are done for non-revenue water, and how do you get non-revenue water? Non-revenue water is brought in about by either lack of meters, uh, leakages in the system, yeah. uh, theft, mm. uh, and also vandalism. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so to fix this system. And also governance, by the way. Governance is also a very big aspect, yeah? Because non-revenue water is you sell water, but you're not making it, it's it's lost, yeah? So we're putting in place, for example, um, a PPP for uh, the, the key counties mm -hmm. to minimize non-revenue water. So to take it from the high levels of, um, of uh, close to 
to below 20% levels. Yeah. Now, water companies become profitable by doing that. Mm. Now, so how long does it take? It takes about three years to uh, to sort out uh, non-revenue water. Yeah. It takes out. It takes about three years to develop a dam. Mm. Yeah. So by the time you start you, you start fixing the the the, the broken infrastructure, and the dam is complete. The dam is complete, and now the project becomes bankable. Mm. But these processes need to start simultaneously mm. yeah it's uh, once again actually you said it very well it's project management yeah but now we have a responsibility because as treasury we're the ones who, who take the hit yeah we yeah. need to we need to allocate the uh, resources if this doesn't work mm. yeah mm. so we've got a big responsibility to ensure that the contraction authorities in the different sectors also manage the projects well mm. and if they don't you take them to court or who does? No, I think someone will tell you Najua Chris <laughs> <laughs> And you and you leave us here. <laughs> now I think I think we each have a responsibility. Right. Yeah. And uh, mm. there's a role there's a role for the Auditor General and uh, uh, to ensure that this, the governance is put in it's in place. Please don't forget there's a role for parliament. And there's a role for parliament too. Yes. Absolutely. Chris, thank you very much. You know, one hour is a short time. Still a lot to discuss. Eh? There's uh, you, in fact, explaining the water PPPs. There's you telling us the potential of, uh, you know, the PPPs, especially to unlocking the potential in our counties. There's a lot. So this is an open invitation. Come again soon. As Asante Sana. S say yes. Asante Sana, I will I will come back. Just just to let you know that in terms of the one thing I haven't touched on mm. is the opportunity size. Mm. We're looking at all sectors mm. in PPPs. Mm. So you're looking, we start from ICT, you spoke about Galana. Uh, we also have a, a private investor who's shown interest in Galana. Mm. Uh, we've got so agriculture is big for us. We've got uh, obviously roads, ports. Um, we're looking at all sectors, water uh, in the economy, transmission lines. We've got opportunities in excess of 10 billion dollars oh that's huge yeah thank you chris come again soon asante how about that you made it to the end of today's podcast you clearly ooze stamina guess what just hit subscribe at standard media podcast apple podcast google podcast spotify or wherever else you get your podcasts from. Our podcasts drop daily. From me and the team, catch you next time. Bye-bye.